so fun to look back at your own story and be like, how did I get here? Like, how did I get to the like 140 characters on my freaking Instagram bio, you know? Because we like, yeah, we go through a whole journey of kind of figuring out like, especially as this online entity version of ourselves, what am I? Like, what do I do? What do I talk about? Um, And I mean, for me, I started intentionally creating content around like three years ago-ish. I, I launched my podcast kind of as like the first thing of me being like, I want to start an online brand of some kind. And I launched that in almost exactly three years ago in 2020, right before the, you know, the famous <laughs> event of our lifetime started. And really just over time, I've always been a very curious person, like very naturally. It's actually part of my human design. I have the the one for personality type and the one is like the researcher and so naturally I just I love learning like I love to read books and deep dive on the internet and explore new perspectives so really in college and then in my first few years in my career of when I worked in corporate I naturally wanted to just learn more things get new perspectives and as the world sort of became more divisive and actually most people aren't like that they like want to stay in their lane and you know everything is about if you don't agree with me then you're a bad person that was just not my thing at all I love being just exposed to different things like the the art of productive disagreement is really just something I Hmm. enjoy and so in the world of social media and starting my podcast I was like this is gonna be my place where I can explore ideas and just really wrestle with ideas until they make sense out loud on a microphone so it started like that and that was really just me catapulting into like the world of being some online entity and since then I've kind of refined uh, and refreshed my focuses and I discovered eastern philosophy which is really what the zen speaks to um, about I think it was end of 2020 one timelines are confusing um, but you know a couple of years ago and it really I just kind of had this spiritual awakening, if you will. I think a lot of like, you know, I know you're really connected with like the Almost 30 community and like all of these women in the past few years, a lot of these people who are your listeners too, just had an experience where they were like, everything is different now. I don't know how to explain this, but like the way I feel sitting on this beach alone is not how I felt last year. So I had my sort of spiritual awakening in the summer of 2021, discovered Alan Watts and Zen and Eastern philosophy And I just realized that there's like this whole body of existing wisdom that is inside all of us already that really speaks to these universal truths. It's like provides language to very profound human experiences that are true regardless of context or historical era or political affiliation. Like it's always true. And oftentimes it kind of triggers us because we find ourselves living in illusion. So the point is, I discovered Eastern philosophy and Zen and it it gave me language to speak to the spiritual experiences that I was having, which is just incredible. And anytime you have that, you're like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Like, I'm not crazy. This is real. Like what I'm experiencing is true. So that has become a big focus of mine because through ancient wisdom, it kind of gives us like a roadmap. And a lot of times we feel lost and we're comparing ourselves to other people and it's very easy to get, you know, blown by the wind if you don't know what you want. And ancient wisdom for me kind of gives me like a compass of sorts to go back to when I'm not sure what's happening or when I need to make a decision or whatever it is. So where I'm at today, 2023 in March of making content in all the different platforms 
is I just love to bring different ideas to people that help expand your mind, that help you maybe shift your perspective or help you realize that you're more than you think you are in a really good way. And you can explore all of that through whether it's ancient wisdom and Zen or meditation or philosophy or creativity. So it kind of manifests in a lot of different ways, but I just love bringing new ideas to people because I've seen what they do for me and having like light bulbs going off week after week is so fun. Like it's so incredible and it just really makes life feel a lot more worth it. Yeah. Wow. I am so hooked. <laughs> I have so much I want to say already. Okay. Let me see. The The first thing that grabbed my attention was the, I think you said productive disagreement. Mm. Um, and so, and then you also brought up later about how, when you were going more into like Eastern philosophy and reading these texts and learning these new things to you, it was like very expansive, but for some of us, um, it can be a bit triggering maybe, or it might make us like kind of look for something that we disagree with, or I don't know, whatever it might be. So can we talk a bit more about that? Because that's something I'm personally seeing come up here at times where there's people in my life that I'm. I don't know. I'm trying to be okay with disagreement and that I can still like see, understand, accept something and disagree with it. I don't know. So I, I would love to hear kind of what productive disagreement technically is, um, your experience with it and how can we like support people in better understanding this concept and actually like integrating it into their lives. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, it's, it's so good. It's so important. And so the term productive disagreement I actually picked up from, there's a book called The Art of Productive Disagreement by Buster Benson. And I will never forget getting it because I like took a mental health day from work uh, the, back when you needed those at corporate. <laughs> and I went like to this bookshop and I was just browsing around and I came across this book called The Art of Productive, Disagre- Productive Disagreement. It's like, why are we yelling The Art of Productive Disagreement? It's an incredible book. And I started diving into like, really the mechanics of how to communicate and how to like get your ideas across and how to understand why there are some people who will never really see your point of view. And at this time, it was also, I think this was mid 2020. And so, I mean, man, it's like things were crazy. I think we had an election coming up. Like it was the epitome of the time when if you didn't align with whatever mainstream view you were like a problem, right? Like it was very awkward at work to try to actually say your opinion. Meanwhile, everybody else is, you know, able to say whatever they want because it aligns with the typical consensus. And so it was very frustrating. And I had this feeling that deep down, like this is not productive, right? Like we can't say that we're open-minded as a statement without actually practicing what open-mindedness is. So productive disagreement is really a way of A, looking at disagreement as this is not a bad thing. This is actually just what naturally happens when two different people who are bringing two different worldviews, experiences, like outlooks on life, philosophies, traumas, all the things into one space, you're not going to see eye to eye. Like, it's just fucking impossible. And so it, it starts to say, okay, this is not actually a bad thing. This is just naturally what happens when we're bringing our ideas to the table. So if you look at it from that point of view... Now, disagreement is not something that we're afraid of, even though, of course, it can be uncomfortable. We're kind of breaking it down into the different parts of what it really is, right? So when I express an idea to you and I say, you know, I love Eastern philosophy, I feel like it is a total representation of universal truth. And Sam talking to like a Christian, they're going to be coming from the perspective of 
you know, whatever their specific religion has taught them and that because their life has gone a certain way, we want to like confirm. It's like, I I think there's a term for it. It's not confirmation, kind of confirmation bias, but essentially Mm -hmm. the idea that like, you know, we want to be convinced that the way that we look at life is the right way, because if not, then we have a lot of work to do. I mean, that's inevitably what happens when you have like a spiritual awakening, but that's kind of understanding, you know, there are just different factors at play when we disagree and they're not necessarily bad. So when it comes to like turning disagreement into something productive, it's kind of bringing a mindset of, you know, I have something to learn from you. Like I'm not the smartest person in the room and I should treat everybody else like they have something they could teach me. And so we start to bring in these concepts of, you know, what if instead I actually ask questions to learn more, not to just respond. A lot of time we're like waiting for our turn to like interject and be like, well, I think this thing and we're not actually listening. Like we just want to win the argument. So productive disagreement is that way of kind of bringing in, you know, it's a lot of like compassion, understanding, and patience of knowing that we might not come to see eye to eye, but at least we can see each other. Like we can actually understand how it's possible to think X, Y, Z. And the book is really interesting because he even will cover extreme examples of, you know, places in the world where it's normalized to like abuse women, or there's like um, examples of you know, certain punishments for if a woman does X, like they literally kill her. Right. And so he's like, how the hell are we supposed to talk about something like that? Like that kind of thing that is clearly in our eyes so messed up, but somehow to someone else is the way that life works. So they do these really interesting kind of experiments where they're like, how do we actually talk about this and allow someone to sit on a stage and give his perspective about why, you know, they do this kind of crazy ritual in our eyes but it's like if we can't talk about it then the things just kind of go on and there's no challenging of it so there's a lot of different things in in disagreement but really for me what's been most useful is just trying to be genuinely open-minded to people and not assume that I'm right and and know that there could be a piece of information that I could come across that can change my mind and therefore it's pretty tough to like you know die on the hill about certain perspectives we're allowed to have our you know our diehard perspectives i think that's fine but if we're wanting to be productive and contribute something positive in our relationships with other people in our communities then it's important to remember that disagreement is just not a bad thing and it's an opportunity for you to learn Hmm. i love that i guess where i feel like i might struggle with this i mean i 100 percent agree and understand But I guess if you have any insight on how to maybe help in a situation like this, say you're having like a conversation with someone where it's quite obvious you both disagree with each other and you're coming at it with this mindset, this understanding. And so like in your heart, you're okay with, you know, kind of like this disagreement, but they, they aren't right. So like, how do you have a conversation or approach this philosophy essentially if the other person isn't like in on it, you know, like if they're not even aware that disagreement can be okay and so maybe you're trying to just sort of like retreat or just like say your part and be done or understand and they just like keep coming at you because I've had instances like that you know maybe not in like an aggressive way but they just like keep going on about it like do you have any advice like whether personal or from your learnings about how to maybe like de-escalate a situation like that or just essentially like when to leave when to let it be you know when to know that like you have tried your best and it might be time to kind of like 
go in a different direction. Yeah. I mean, that's like a huge part of it is the reality that you're talking to someone else who, again, is going to have a different approach. Like aside from their opinion, they also approach the mechanics of life differently. So, I mean, there's a couple of things here. Like one, I think for us being in control of what we can control, which is really just us and how we listen and talk and all the things is like kind of this idea of mirroring and like setting the example without doing it in like this pretentious way, but more of, you know, showing through your behaviors, the way you listen, the way you respond, what an ideal way to talk about this thing would be. So it's like, if you can have the patience and the compassion to ask them a lot of questions and show acceptance, like these are the kind of things that is really dependent on the situation. But I think kind of like dropping into the heart, really, which I think can sound not practical but really when you like you know slow your breathing and just come into the moment thinking okay like what can I do to show this person what it's like to be heard and so to hold eye contact and be really in tune and ask them you know that's really interesting like I don't really see it that way but I want to understand I want to be able to get your perspective so like through language showing them that you actually want to get it and your goal really being like, maybe if I actually just truly get what they're saying, instead of applying all of my lenses to what they're saying, that then I might get it right. I might actually end up agreeing. So that's one thing of mirroring, sort of exemplifying that behavior of, I don't get this, but I'm really open to understanding your viewpoint on this. Can you just explain it a little more? Or I don't get this part or and even like, I'm one who I'll say more words if I need to, meaning If I'm like, if I need to explain my tone, I'll say, I'm not saying this because I'm trying to interrogate you. I'm saying because I really want to understand. I think people Mm -hmm. are afraid of like adding more to clarify, but that's so huge of in a relationship or friendship being like, just to clarify right now, like nothing you say is going to make me, you know, walk away right now. Like I really want to get this. I actually remember I was talking to when I got to interview Mark bros on my show it was the most insane moment ever but he said something like it was crazy but he he's really good at this and he was saying something about you know in a relationship at the beginning if you're having like a an argument or whatever to preface with like you know I love you like let's say it's second friendship relationship for this example you know probably not (laughs) applicable to every situation but of saying like you know this doesn't put my love for you on the line you know Mm -hmm. of, of just setting the tone that we can talk about this, like we can have a disagreement here. Like I don't need us to arrive at a conclusion for this to be okay. So if if you can bring that, I think it sometimes helps, whether consciously or subconsciously for the person receiving it, to be more open to that type of outcome. On the flip side, there is a time when you have to just drop the conversation. Like that's a big thing too. And this is like in a lot of the, you know, if you read books about like communication and there's a another great book called um, How to Have Impossible Conversations. And one of the tips is like, if the other person is not open to receiving or if you ask them like, is there any information that I could present to get you to change your mind? And the answer is no, then you're not having a conversation and it's, it's done, right? Like we have to know when to walk away. That's part of it too, because if not, we're not being productive. So Mm -hmm. it's that balance of, you know, 
being sort of the quote unquote bigger person of modeling what is the ideal way for this to go down, like finding the compassion in your heart to actually want to understand them and also knowing when it's just not working anymore and just just shut it down. Like if it's if we're yelling at each other and no one is interested in actually, you know, understanding and we just want to get our points across, then that's a different kind of conversation. A hundred percent. Okay. I love that distinction. And that makes a lot of sense. Um and I love the also like almost the preface of the adding the more words too, especially when it comes to, I think, especially like if you're in a partnership or someone where you can say, you know, like, I still love you. I, I love you. Let's just, just talk, discuss. But even when it comes to like, you know, maybe like friends of friends or like kind of acquaintances, work people, whatever it is, even just saying, you know, something like just to clarify or like, I'm just yeah. trying to understand or I'm curious, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like that could be such a good sort of way to implement a bit more understanding and sort of like I don't know ease the situation ease any tension that could arise especially since so many of us create stories in our minds so quickly we we don't mean to you know it's like a subconscious thing but a tone of voice the way someone like their mannerisms we so quickly can take that and just turn it into something that is so over the top I'm speaking from personal experience. Um, (laughs) It's having those, yeah, like having those little bits of added words in, I think can make such a difference. So I love, I love that highlight. Yeah. And like, this also is reminding me of part of the reason why I ended up turning so much to Eastern philosophy and Zen and sort of just like these more philosophical studies, if you will, is because I realized that all of these tactics and like practical tips about communication and whatever it is those are all helped and become a lot more natural when you are naturally very loving and you are naturally very curious and you naturally accept people for who they are like that's actually at the core of it because I can go and tell you know some guy who's just like a total asshole and thinks he's better than everyone to implement these tips but you and I are going to know when it's coming from a fake place. And the root of this whole thing of how do we connect better with people is actually if we are just feeling loving and whole and like we don't need to win the conversation to feel okay, uh, you know, as our sense of self. So it's interesting because to me, these interactions just all get better when we are really just pouring from a full cup. Like when we, whether it's taking that sort of, spiritual root of trying to learn and grow and expand our minds and embody you know these teachings of oneness or compassion or whatever it is like that shows up in conversation where because my body is like operating from this different hardware where I'm like I don't need to prove myself to you which again is hard like in our relationships romantic relationships especially those are the biggest mirrors like that to me in my life right now is like the final frontier of you know, insecurities and all that, it's going to come up like it, it just does. And so that's why this, the sort of taking care of yourself and like really giving your system an update of your outlook on life naturally pours into your ability to have conversations or to relate or to connect to other people. Integration. And I feel like that's what you're discussing right here, which is where you, for instance, could have learned all these new things and essentially just been 
like, okay, I've like learned the things I have the tips. Now, like I'm going to do the tools and not actually integrated to do like the inner work to project what you're kind of explaining here, right? That like core root energy of like a place from love and compassion and all of these things. And I personally feel like I've definitely been there. And I think a lot of people can relate where we're in a world of so much information overload and quick little things. It's so easy to see all these things we think we should be doing and we know we should be doing and sort of like line them up and create habits and like lists and have it essentially become like a to-do once again, speaking from personal experience, (laughs) but then there gets to be this point where you realize like, okay, I have these tools and all these things, but like inside, I still feel off, you know, like it, it's because it hasn't been integrated fully into that like inner work. And I've definitely had conversations and interacted with people where they're outward facing with a lot of this sort of more like spiritual growth, communication, like all these tools, but just something feels off. And I truly do think it comes down to what you're saying here, which is like, if you don't do the work like within yourself first and you don't really hone in on that like core self, all the other stuff are just like, I I, I mean, they're they're tools in a toolbox, but like, you've got to be like, you're the operator, you know, like you've got to be good before you're out there doing all these things. So that's, I sort of love that idea. I think I don't know. Does that feel like it would be like integration to you sort of? Yeah. yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. It's like embodiment integration, like taking what you're learning and actually practicing it or, you know, going down the route of breath work and meditation and these things that actually help us like cement what we're learning and experiencing. Yeah. Cause I mean, today, like there is literally infinite amounts of courses and YouTube videos and things that you can learn about this and this and that like you know we all have our like watch later playlists on YouTube that's just like piling up with videos and it's like yeah those are I'm gonna like integrate all of those and it's like okay like realistically you're gonna remember some of it and let some of it go which is fine but yeah it's like it's really easy to talk to talk today obviously like I think you know especially in a world where a lot of people have online brands and all that we're all presenting our best selves I mean as we should that's how that's how the world works like we want to be showing up as best we can because ultimately that best form is you know loving and and all those great things but it's easy to put on that show and then actually suck at like the real life stuff and we know that that's that's true you know how many like really amazing icons it like comes out that they're actually just like total assholes and we're like oh, that like sucks to know that that actor I love in that role is actually just a dick in real life. Mm-hmm. I guess that's like a good comparison to it essentially, right? Like acting in a role, essentially, like taking on this yeah. outward appearance, but having that like core human who you are outside of the acting be something entirely different. Yeah. Um, and I guess I am curious, you just said something else that kind of got my attention. When it comes to all this information overload and all the courses and all the things and checking them off the list, And especially as you are someone that loves to learn, you've done all this research, all the books, like how do you actually take the time to maybe like focus on one thing at a time or to actually integrate the knowledge and keep it like at you? Because I think that's actually a struggle a lot of people face where we do have like too much and it feels like we don't know where to start or we just yo-yo jump from like one book to the next book or one course to the next course. So do you have any personal tips from your experience of, you know, say a new topic or area came into your life, you wanted to learn about it, like, how do you approach it? How do you 
actually make the knowledge like sink in? How do you integrate it, embody it? Like, what's your process for this sort of like self-knowledge journey you've been on? Because it's honestly so inspiring and I would love to hear how you've done it. Yeah. I mean, thank you. I, I think we live in a time where it's like the buffet is just growing and it's so normal to hop online and look at this thing and be like, oh, I want to try that. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like I personally have so many interests. Like I feel just like there are so many things I want to do. So the thing is what's helped me a lot is to basically try to have kind of like priorities or like important pillars, right? Like obviously, you know, I have, we all can get overwhelmed by the grand vision of our lives. Like I want to be a fucking DJ one day. I want to do this. I want to travel here. And then you're sitting in your couch and you're like, I'm doing none of those right now. Like I'm failing. And you're like, what am I going to do? I think to kind of like bring ourselves down to earth is for me personally, I've tried to have very clear values and priorities. So it's like thinking about right now in my life, what is most important and what I want to put my time into that realistically is going to feed my current efforts. So like in my career, what's been cool is that my focus for my brand online is are, are also things that I love to learn about. So like I'm currently for the for you know these few years super interested in philosophy and spirituality and like the you know the ancient wisdom and these different you know within those they get kind of niche of like those interests and they happen to very positively serve my efforts in life right now which is to build an online brand and to work for myself by working in this like wellness spiritual field essentially so that one example is to say I think if you can essentially like create your compass, which is actually ironic, this is a great question. I'm working on something right now that like puts together like a roadmap of how to actually know what to do with your time and how to make decisions and like what to do when you're at forks in the road, because a lot of us don't have a compass. Like we are like drawn by this and that, oh, that's trending and cool. So like, I'm going to go do this. And it's just part of what we're experiencing because of the nature of social media and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to be grounded in, you know, who you are and what are you interested in now? Like, what does your intuition sort of repeatedly call you to do, but also being realistic of what will best serve you right now, right? Like, probably for me, it will make more sense in a few years, if I want to explore being a DJ, I should wait a few years to do that because I'll have more time and space and, you know, more funds so I can actually buy the nice equipment, right? Like you can start to be more focused by clarifying what do you actually value? What's most important to you right now? So again, for me, like I, I really want to spend time with my family because I know that in a few years, I'm going to be transitioning into like married life. And then a few years after that, having kids. And so I know right now is a really important time to prioritize family. And because of that, my fam- my boyfriend knows I'm going to travel and, you know, leave our home for a bit every few months to go be with my family because that's so important. That helps me make decisions on, shoot, do I stay here for a bit or do I go, you know, meet up with my family in that sp- space? Family is important, so I'm going to do that thing. Or like, you know, with what books to read, I'm 
fascinated by things that are not related to philosophy, but there's only so many books that I can order on Amazon before I go broke that I'm like, let me, you know, just do the thing that my intuition is like very, very clear on and that practically makes sense. So it's kind of a few things, but trying to create that compass, like what is most important and what is most viable right now? And what do you also believe will be the best use of your time? Because you don't want to like sort of subconsciously act in ways that you know are you just being distracted and being pulled in different directions Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I'll say there's sort of that like no worse feeling than when you have this sort of vision or idea of what you want to do or create or experience right maybe in this year or next year and two or three later two or three years later you look back and realize hmm I've been like a dandelion fluff blowing in the wind for two to three years, or maybe it's a couple months, whatever it is. Right. And you just realize that like, it's just been, you've just been like distracted. And I have this quote on my like vision board for the year, but like nothing changes or don't spend another year doing the same shit. Mm -hmm. And that to me was like the epitome of what we're discussing right now of like actually having that compass, having my priorities, thinking about like what, what can I actually do to like move the needle right now and not either a get so overwhelmed with the grand scheme of my life that I go into like analysis paralysis and do nothing or B I just get distracted, swept up in the wind. And I mean, there's some beauty in living, you know, like kind of a YOLO life, but also then if the time comes and you look back and you're like, damn, it really was just doing the same shit over and over and over again. So finding that in between, and I love that you're creating something to help with that too. So I'll be keeping my eyes out. Yeah, Um, (laughs) But yeah, I just think that's like such an important like aspect of it all. And um, shit, there was something else I was going to say too, but I'm blanking on it now. Yeah. I mean, I'll let you uh, remember ahead. I was just going to reiterate because it's so true what you're saying. Like it's a balance because one on one side of the coin, we want to be you know, open to flow and change and know that there's a divine path. Like there's, we're going to always, we're going to look back and know that we're being divinely guided and that there's only so many things we can control and that it's okay to go with the flow and just follow your intuition. I mean, I think that's actually an amazing thing to do because as you develop your intuition, like it, that thing is a sharp tool for helping you be guided, right? Like that is really the OG compass is your intuition and then balancing that with trying to have, you know, a specific vision of what am I working on? What's my goal for this year? Like, what's the most important thing for me right now that deserves my time and energy? And can I trust that I will have time and things will shift so that I can focus on this other thing that I can totally see myself doing in a few years or a few months time? No, I, I that just sparked what I forgot, which is the question <laughs> of, so, you know, if you can connect with your intuition, that's great. And I do think that'll help. But I think also it's this concept. And I'm wondering if you've ever felt this where like the pressure to do everything by a set point or by a set age. And I think oftentimes maybe whether we can or can't connect with our intuition, but that might not be a message we want to hear or might not be a knowing we want to know of for you, right? It might be enticing to be a DJ right now because it's blowing up on social media, right? And everybody's doing it. But you as an intuitive person have listened and you've realized that 
that's just not in the cards right now. And I think that takes a certain level of trust that A, it will happen someday and it doesn't have to happen right now. And B, that it will have the same, if not even greater impact on your life at a later date than it will right now. And that's something I think there's just so much societal pressure and especially with social media to accomplish and do, do, do so much so soon, so fast. We all want to be the 30 under 30 on Forbes. We all want to be the young, young this, young that. But lately I've been thinking like, I don't know where, like what beauty would it be though to save some of these dreams and visions for later in life and instead know that my priorities in my personal early twenties aren't, I don't know, like things are going to shift so much. And even with you, like the DJ set, knowing that you could be in a more like financially and life abundant space to properly fund and do the entire thing at a later state. Like how much pressure does that relieve versus trying to like make it happen right now? So have you, have you experienced that? If so, has anything sort of helped you to like reframe that mindset? (laughs) Dude, Literally just this week on Monday, I was like having one of those moments of I was spiraling and I'm running out of time. I was like, oh my God, how am I supposed to accomplish all these things before I have kids? Like, I think as women too, like mm-hmm. we legitimately have a bit of, you know, what people call like the biological clock. Like that's a real thing that is on the back of our minds and that naturally, like in our nature, we're thinking about because yeah, like there is a point where if you want to have kids, like you're bodies in a certain state and you probably want to strike while the iron's hot like that's a real thing but at the same time we have to take that deep breath and recognize that it is going to be more fortuitous and healthy for us to be in this moment and focus on what's in front of us and trust that the timing will unfold the opportunity will, will unfold if it is meant to and that there's just not much you can do other than that unless you want to drive yourself into like the worst anxiety ever right and that's what we're trying to avoid so it's totally real like literally Monday night I I was just standing here in my room and I was like kind of spiraling my head I don't even know what sparked it oh I was so funny I was looking at this amazing girl on TikTok and she's so like feminine embodied and like so beautiful and whatever and I was like oh my god she's like so cool and I want to go live in like a jungle and be like that and I was like I'm not doing that right now like I'm in fucking Brownsville Texas like ah and I just spiraled from there and I just had that moment of like oh my god you know just being in that spiral or in that moment it's the realest thing and then having to pull myself out of it and be like okay we it's okay to play in that little illusion for a second but we have to come back to the now and just know that our eyes are going to be in other places like when you're sitting at your desk working at your computer that's obviously not dreamy like most people are not like yeah gold I want to sit my fucking computer the rest of my life the thing is sitting at your computer now and doing this work doing this thing being present here and giving everything to this is laying the path for you to be able to go and do the other thing later right like Mm -hmm. inevitably in a few months I'll be somewhere else and I'll be doing something where I'm like oh like this is amazing this is why I did xyz months ago so we have to like be our own coach and kind of remind us of that reality while also just holding space for 
the fact that the feelings are real. Like as women, I think we're always going to feel like we have to balance so many fucking things of like, I want to have a successful career. And when the fuck do I have children? And what do I pause my career when I have kids? Like those are real things. At least I think about that. I'm stressed out by, but I have to just be in this moment and then really just decide and be okay. Like accept my decision of, I want to focus on this right now and I want to not rush in to starting a family. By the way, I'm 26. Like this is young to even think about it anyway, but there's just things that I think about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just it's that balance of, you know, coaching yourself out of it and knowing that you just, the options are to trust and lean in and know that it has to work out perfectly because there's just no other fucking way that the universe functions. Like the universe wants to exist. It wants to keep going and expanding and you're a part of it. And because of that, if you can accept that you will be constantly propelled and guided in a proper way, that will relieve some anxiety. Cause the other, the other way is to deny the truth that there is all divine timing and it's all a perfect path, but that's going to leave you fucking sleepless and anxious as fuck and we're trying to avoid that and I'm curious if this relates sort of to what you were just discussing there but I heard it on a podcast and I think it's eastern philosophy based but correct me if I'm wrong it was the concept of the the baseline of life is they said struggle and I don't know if that would be maybe the right word and then you experience like bouts of joy happiness glee whatever it might be right but so many of us get it twisted where say we're trying to live according to a timeline, everything it is like, we want the baseline to be happy 24 seven bliss 24 seven. We want to be that like fruit, fruit, like the woman dancing through the forest, living like the best life we dream of 24 seven. And then we get upset when our current reality doesn't look like that. But the way they were explaining it is that like, if the baseline is, and once again, they said struggle, I don't know if maybe that's the right word. If our, if we accept that our baseline isn't to be happy and loving life maybe 24 7 it sort of like evens out that sort of like the anxiety spiral and the insane need and desire to like always be chasing I suppose and instead be really present in the in the like high moments when they do come so does that sort of like relate is that a is that eastern philosophy sort of type and b does that sort of relate to this idea of like kind of accepting of the timeline and having faith and trust as like how the yeah. universe has your back essentially. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think I wonder if they were saying like suffering maybe because Oh, that, maybe. <laughs> uh, I mean, either way, that is totally like in line because okay. there's a very uh important concept in that you'll find like in Buddhism and Zen of course cuz Zen, you know, spiraled off of Buddhism, but this kind of speaks to like two things. There's one duality, which is that you know, the balance of the universe is based on that up versus down on off good bad like we don't know one thing without the other right life implies death death implies life there's so many ways that the universe is functioning in that duality and especially as humans the way we perceive life is just duality day in and day out right you can observe it in so many things you can observe it in yourself in nature in relationships and understanding that duality is also synonymous with balance teaches us that there's you know this is one of my favorite alan watts quotes he says we cannot become more sensitive 
to pleasure without being more sensitive to pain. Mm -hmm. And the idea is we only know the joy, the happiness, the bliss, because we also know the flip side of suffering or sadness or whatever it is. And we know how high it can get because of those lows. And I think accepting that that is true helps us feel a lot more peace and a lot less resistance in those sort of down moments, right? Like when you can recognize that having a dip in your mood or not feeling so inspired and motivated on Monday is fine because you are going to, on the flip side, feel incredibly excited and lit up you know, a few hours later, a day later, a week later. And that just in that sort of like micro example is duality in real time. And that's also how the universe functions. So when it comes to philosophy and Eastern philosophy, this is why I'm so obsessed with it because they, you know, centuries ago, these incredible sages and Buddhists and, and these people, they put into words the observation of universal law, right? Like Taoism is the OG, essentially like philosophy, if you will, that described the way of the universe. And the way of the universe is this incredibly complicated, but also simple divine flow and interconnectedness and balance and duality of how everything plays out. And we're part of that. We literally are that universe. And so we're going to have those same, same things play out, you know? And I think the human mind wants to hope that the goal is to be happy all the time but the wise person knows that that are actually just in balance and that the bad days don't bother us because we're not attached to what's supposed to happen we're just experiencing it right it's like if you resist trying to be sad like you're probably going to be more sad because you're like fuck now I'm upset that I'm sad and now I've made a story about the fact that I'm sad versus just be fucking sad, like let it flow through you, let it, let it move through you and you'll see like it passes like anything else. And that's that duality, that balance of what they're talking about in, you know, the, that life is suffering. That's like the big Buddhist um, idea of the Four Noble Truths is, you know, all life is suffering. And as we go through it, we learn is that we can sort of detach from suffering and alleviate it in certain ways. That makes much more sense. So thank you for explaining that. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I had been, I've been thinking on that. I, I just heard it briefly in a podcast and I had been thinking on it like for a few days and it was kind of making sense, but it kind of wasn't. So that and like exhibition of duality, like that all makes much, much more sense. So thank you for explaining. Um, and then as we wrap up, since I personally, and I'm sure many listening are curious now, if we wanted to sort of like learn more about some of these Eastern philosophies and Maybe we're curious by things you've been saying here. Are there is there like one book, two books, or a recommendation of like a podcast even, or besides, and also like share about your work too, um, yeah. but that we can learn more and maybe just explore some of these curiosities if they've bubbled up during this conversation. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I um, the some of the books I recommend the most because they're my absolute favorite and were so transformational for me is really anything by Alan Watts is incredible. But I can give you my, I have like a specific order that I recommend people to read them in. Okay. Uh, and basically, I think I've, I actually made a whole TikTok on this, but I'll, I'll explain it here. So basically, with Alan Watts, the background on him is he really popularized Zen in the West. He brought it 
over after spending a lot of time in the East and really has this beautiful way of explaining and putting into words what is normally indescribable. So the book to start with him is actually something called The Book on the Taboo Against Knowing Who You Are. And it really, I'm looking over here because I literally have all these books <laughs> on my fucking bookshelf. Um, and this book is incredible because it just packages up and explains a new perspective for the Western mind. So it starts off with really explaining like the ego and the typical way that man looks at the world and then starts to bring in sort of the antidote to this generally kind of um, forced and like anxious way of looking at life that's just very like commonplace in the West and brings it in the Eastern view and starts to explain through, you know, stories and these analogies and examples of nature, how we can sort of look at life differently and also how essentially like disproving the ego view of the world, which is so, so cool. So I would start with the book by Alan Watts, because that will just softly bring you into Eastern philosophy. And then for, to really get your fill of like pure Zen, there's the way of Zen by Alan Watts, which gives you like the history, but it's not like an exhaustive history of like boring, you know, high school history that you took. It's like the very interesting story of um, how Zen came to be. And that one's great because it breaks down the concepts very specifically of duality and Wu Wei and like all these just gorgeous ideas that you will end up coming to feel as true, which is why it's such a rewarding experience to read about um zen or eastern philosophy in general because i think it gives you the opportunity to like see it as real in your life and then it starts this cool positive feedback loop um those are the main two and then there's like the tao watercourse way was alan watts last book before they wrote before he died and that is a short one and is just really cool because taoism is that sort of OG like originator of where Zen and Buddhism pulled from. So Tao Watercourse Way is really beautiful because it's so much about flow and um, surrendering to life and all that, obviously without like giving up. <laughs> so those are like the main three that I would recommend. The other thing is if you're going to be reading Alan Watts, you have to listen to a lecture of his because I'm sure people at this point have heard his voice before because it's become very popular to use in like real audios and whatever. Okay. But his lectures, literally anything that you find on YouTube, like just type in Alan Watts and just let your intuition pick one. His voice and like the tone he uses and everything is so impactful. And I particularly have like, I don't know why or how, but just this really deep connection to like the way that he speaks and knowing how he speaks, then I like to play that voice while I'm reading. So I would definitely recommend listening to his lectures like when you're unloading the dishwasher or like, you know, driving to work because it's just it's an experience. And that's all I'll say about that. From me, I I have a couple of courses and I don't know when this is coming out. I'm guessing in a few days. Probably. So I'm a little behind, but probably like the first week of April. Okay. Okay. Or so. Um, yeah. E okay. Either way, I so I have like a couple of self guided courses and ebooks and stuff. So if you want to like take a little dip into the Eastern philosophy world, and really what I do is I I'm always applying it to you know quote unquote real life. Obviously, it's all real life, but I try to make it so we're bringing it back down to earth and actually can quote unquote do something with it. So that's um 
on my end, obviously from like a reading or course perspective is I can share with you all the, all the links and stuff, but I have plenty of those things. And then, I mean, I, I, my primary thing is to share through content in writing form or YouTube videos or podcasts and all that. That's like my, my main method of delivering my spiel. So yeah, I mean, I think people will know where to find me all Instagram, TikTok, all the things, YouTube. Um, but yeah, I would just, you know, I think if you're curious and something tickles your fancy, just go with it and buy the book on Amazon, order the thing, dive in and just let it unfold. And I think the beautiful thing about learning is it, um, it can be a really natural thing that kind of rises out of us. And when that happens to just jump on it and go for it and not make, you know, don't force it. You have to get something out of it or you need to come to like a grand realization because those things will just happen on their own. Yeah. And it doesn't have to become like your whole new personality either. You know, like it, it can be something that start a brand around it. I exactly. Mean, you <laughs> yeah. You know, I, that's, that's like the big thing you can just, it can be your thing, but um, yeah, so that is amazing. Thank you. And we'll, um, I'll collect all the links and put everything in the show notes so people can find it. But thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, for sure. This was, this was amazing. This was really fun. Oh, the thing I mentioned earlier was um, create your compass is going to be, I'm literally working on it now. And it's the whole idea is instead of telling you what to think, it's just telling you how to think. So you can mm. develop your own method of making decisions of finding alignment and all that. Cause I feel like there's a lot of um, prescriptions of this is how to do this thing. And I kind of want to put something out there that's like, make your own map, like make your own GPS that you can always tap into and that helps you know where to go. So that's that's an, the new thing that will be coming out. Ah, excited for that. Do you think it'll be in April? Um, Yeah, I mean, realistically, early, early April, probably. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. so we'll link it. Er, er- if it's out when this comes out great otherwise we'll link to all your stuff so they can find it when it comes out but sure. yay 